The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash centralpa sportsmed to learn more. All right, welcome everyone to another PA High School Football Report podcast. Ken Lime is the engine. I guess you and I, Dan, that could be considered the gas. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I mean, it <laughs> might be. Uh, it, I wouldn't say we're premium. We might be, you know, some <laughs> some unleaded. Uh, the real low test unleaded stuff. Unleaded gas you get from your neighbor. You siphon from your neighbor's car, but we get the job done. Yeah, exactly. You know, while we typically spend, uh, you know, a few minutes here on banter because, you know, in case you don't know it, most of the content team at Penn Live now lives in the field, lives in their cars, and we do we basically do our business remotely now. Uh, at least sports has done it five, six years now. So so I don't get to see Dan in person very often. Yeah. Uh, occasionally we run into each other at events like the uh, football championships, but uh, most of the time it's, uh, it's through the computer screen. So save for the occasional meetings, uh, you know, we can't pass up. We actually uh, see each other less and less. So this week we are skipping the banter. Uh, because our full attention is focused on our guest, uh, Mr. Kyle Hollingsworth. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. No problem. All right. Let's set up uh, set up this um, before we share, and, uh, and no doubt, obviously, courageous story for you. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Kyle. Uh, obviously, most of the area knows you as a, a prime baseball talent uh, coming up through Susquehanna Township and eventually Shippensburg University. But Tell us a little about where you grew up and, uh, you know, how high school and college went and what you're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So born and raised in, in central Pennsylvania, my uh, my parents still live in the same uh, same house I grew up, grew up in, right in Susquehanna Township there. So, uh, yeah, Susquehanna Township um, graduated there in 2009. Uh, crazy thing. It's been what 12, 12 years uh, yeah, yeah. from that already. Um, and then, yeah, decided uh, after that to continue the baseball career down at uh, Shippensburg. Um, graduated there in 2013. And since then, just been still living in the central PA area. Me and my wife live over in Mechanicsburg. Um, and we're just grinding it out, man. Just kind of similar to you guys. Me and my me and my wife are both in sales as well. So we're on the uh on the road a lot as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of set this up a little bit, Kyle, before we get into your experience. Um, you know, like millions of others on that first Monday of the new year with January 2nd, you know. I watched Buffalo Bills safety and pit product, DeMar Hamlin, absorb that collision, get up, and then collapse the turf to set off what can only be described as a scary race to kind of save Hamlin's life. Um, My mom happened to be watching the game with me, and I immediately turned and said to her after seeing the replay, I've written about this before. I haven't seen it in person, but I've written about this before. Now, I'm old, a lot older than you, Kyle. (laughs) and I don't, I don't ever recall writing the term uh, commodio cordis as the official cause, but you were watching too. I asked you earlier uh, when we chatted, what were your first thoughts um, when you saw Hamlin go down? Yeah. So similar to you, I mean, we were, we were watching the game live, everything. And really when they first panned over to it, um, you know, football, you see a guy laying on the ground, you're like, oh, you know, maybe a concussion or something like that. But when they showed the replay, of him making the tackle and then standing up and then just kind of collapsing like that. 
that, that's when you kind of realize it's like, well, you know, if, if he's, you know, concussion, neck injury, something like that, he's not just going to, you know, bounce right up and then fall over like that. So as soon as I saw that happen, it, it, it definitely brought some, some flashbacks um, from what I was told that happened to me, because I, I don't remember a lot of the actual incident, but um, what happened to me was, you know, kind of hit foul tip off the chest, really the exact same thing. I stood up like nothing really happened. And then, you know, two seconds later, just collapsed. So yeah, when we saw that happen, um, definitely like, you know, this is a little bit more serious than, than, you know, just the normal, I don't want to say a normal football injury is not serious, but, um, yeah. you know, a lot more, um, you know, craziness going on when, when you see something like that, having a guy just collapse on the field. Yeah. I mean, tell us, you know, like I said, we chatted a little bit before. Tell us what you remember about your incident. I know it's, it's still not much, um, from what, from what you told me, uh, it was the summer of 2008 at the Keystone state games that were being uh, hosted in York. Yep. And you guys were playing, you were playing for the capital region team. Uh, a lot of coach, the coaches names are, are well known. Uh, Will Hoover was the head coach. I think the assistant coaches were longtime Trinity man, Al Hobby, and Jeff Santa, who continues to coach West Perry baseball. And uh, for those who don't know, too, Keystone State games typically get, especially for juniors and, you know, go, guys going into their senior year, you tend to get a lot of foot track from college coaches as well. And I know a couple of college, college coaches were at that game that you guys were playing. It was a Friday morning, I believe. Yeah, uh, game uh, in late July at Central York High School. Tell us what you remember. Yeah, so really, my only real memories from the the whole day itself. I it's funny because the longer it goes on, now I you know I, I somewhat can piece together a little bit more. Um, you know, when it first happened, the first like year after, I, I remember nothing, but then it slowly started coming back a little bit. But um, yeah, early morning game. Um, you know, now I remember even like taking BP before the game, um, you know, some stuff like that, getting into, getting into the game and, you know, maybe even the first couple innings. But, um, you know, after that, really, when as soon as the incident happened, I, unfortunately, I really don't remember anything until I woke up roughly about 10 hours later in, in, a, in a York hospital. Um, it's just it's funny because I remember the doctor saying that was whenever that happens, it's, it's kind of your body's way of forcing itself to not remember, you know, the traumatic stuff that happens to you. So. Um, yeah, I remember, I remember portions of the morning, um, you know, preparing for the game and the, really the start of the game, but yeah, really after that, all I remember is waking up in the hospital and fortunately, uh, for me, I wasn't, you know, DeMar Hamlin was out, I think almost nine minutes. They said, um, with me, I was only out about four and a half minutes. So I don't know if that allowed me to, you know, be able to breathe on my own and come back a lot sooner than he did, but yeah, I was only out for about 10 hours and then. After that, I was, you know, breathing on my own, you know, all that kind of stuff as well. So, um, yeah, with, with him being out nine minutes, that's a, a, a crazy amount of time to not have, you know, oxygen going to the brain and all that stuff. And this, this quote unquote, obviously Hamlin's collision was, was obviously fierce and just explosive. And it just was, you know, this was a foul tip. Yeah. You were behind the plate in yep. full catcher's garb. Yep. And this is a foul tip ball that just got over your glove hit your chest protector at just the precise moment to set off this string of events is just like, I mean, it's almost, it's almost unthinkable. Like you figure the the chest protector would, would absorb that. But if you get hit with enough velocity at just the right spot at the right time, this happens. 
And I, and yeah, you know, as I'm sure you know too, you know, a lot of those foul tips, you know, if they foul tip it, I can actually, you know, increase the speed of the velocity on the ball. So yeah, I remember it was a kind of a, a low and away pitch. From what I've been told, I kind of reached, you know, backhand to try and go get it, foul tip right over. Yeah, just, yeah, that one, you know, millisecond of the heartbeat and the electrical current that runs through your body. And that's all it takes. Yeah. And I mean, one thing that I think, um, I mean, it's it's something we probably take have taken for granted a lot. And after this DeMar Hamlin the situation, I think a lot of people are kind of realizing how important it is. Um, it sounds like it was important for your situation as well was, you know, the response to situations like this and having both like qualified people who know what to do in these situations and the right, the right, you know, um, equipment. I, I talked with the uh, Julie Walker from the Payne Walker Foundation for a story earlier about AEDs and an AED was used on you. Um, and obviously with this DeMar situation, talking about Danny Kellington, who was the uh, Bills trainer that basically is credited with um, immediately kind of um, uh, doing the CPR. Do, do you remember kind of the details of the response uh, from like how, um, how people responded to yours? Were, were there, um, you know, medical people at the stadium where they're close by was someone in the crowd? Yeah. So, and that, that was another nice thing about being at the, uh, the Keystone game. So back then, I, I don't know if it's still the same now, but um, during the Keystone state games, obviously there, there's a ton of different sports going on, but, one of the requirements they had was to have a, a medical professional attend every event that was going on. So luckily there was um, a doctor that was actually watching the game. And as soon as he saw me collapse, it, it, he was, you know, he sprinted out and was like, all right, there's something seriously wrong here. And then, yeah, luckily, like, like Eric mentioned before, like Matt Jones, like they ran up to the track field. There was a track event going on at the high school at the same time. And that's actually where the AED was. So the doctor ran out and was like, you know, we need this, you know, immediately. So they ran up to the track, they ran up to the track facility, grabbed the AED and brought it back down. And just another crazy timing thing. You know, if this would have been, I remember even when I was in high school, you know, we never had AEDs at, you know, our high school games or, or anything like that. So, you know, for, first of all, for it to even happen as a one in a you know million, million chance, but even for it to happen there and then to also have, you know, medical professionals and an AED on the facility grounds. It's just a, a just a crazy, crazy coincidence. Yeah, for sure. And just kind of, again, goes to show how important that stuff is and why it's so good that, you know, if there's good to come out of these situations, it's that people realize it literally can save someone's life. Um, one thing, too, that I think is interesting is obviously where we are now with this DeMar Hamlin situation we're at, you know, he's visiting the facilities, he's, he's back home and that kind of stuff, but we aren't really at, you know, the full recovery process. Now, it seems like obviously it's been a while for you. Can you kind of take us through those first couple, you know, weeks to months after, after, you know, uh, you had the issue and kind of what that process was like? Cause I think a lot of people are probably wondering what it's like for DeMar Hamlin right now. Yeah. So and it's weird too, because, you know, I was, as soon as I kind of came to, you know, I was in no pain, had no, no real side effects or anything like that when I came, you know, came out of it. And then for really, I think really the only, they kept me out for about six weeks for like precautions. Um, and actually the, I think the only injury I actually had was my heart was slightly bruised from the actual them doing CPR on it. Wow. Um, that was actually really the only injury I had. And then I did a ton of um, like the EKG testing and, and all that kind of stuff, like, you know, about a month after where they, you know, strap you up to a treadmill and, 
you know, make sure your heart is able to get an increased, um, you know, rhythm again, stuff like that. But I think really they kept me out for about six weeks. They were like, you know, hey, don't try and elevate your heart rate too much over the next few weeks. Um, and then after about six weeks to two months, they were like, yeah, you know, you're there's we see nothing wrong. You know, the chances of this happening to you again are just as great as they are for anybody else. Again, there's no, you know, it's, that doesn't put you at an increased risk since it happened once. So yeah, after about six to eight months, they were like, yeah, you're, you're good to go. When I did come back, I did have to wear kind of like a, I don't want to call it like a huge chest plate, but it was almost like an Under Armour shirt with a little like protective thing. I think it was called a heart guard. Um, I wore that for about a year or two after the incident, but other than that, yeah, no real side effects or anything. We're going to continue our conversation with Kyle Hollingsworth here just after the break. Stick around. The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash central PA sports med to learn more. All right, we're back with our guest Kyle Hollingsworth here on the High School Football Report. Uh, an unbelievable story, obviously a timely story here with Damar Hamlin's situation uh, earlier this month. I, uh, Kyle, we we just got done talking about kind of your kind of the 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 next step after it happened, after you were sort of the next six eight weeks um, after your incident. Uh, I remember speaking to your dad, Bob, about probably three days I think after the incident happened. And he said, doctors had you walk, actually walking around maybe after a day and a half in the ICU. I think you were probably close to two days in the ICU and then came out, you were walking around and you were just really itching to leave. Like you couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't wait to get out of the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, not, a, not a big fan of, not a big fan of hospitals or anything like that, but yeah, it was, and you know, like I mentioned too, it's once I woke up, you know, I really, I, I felt no pain, had no, you know recurring like side effects or anything like that. So I was, I kind of woke up and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, let's, let's get out of here. I want to go, I want to go home and sleep in my own bed. And, um, and of course the doctors were like, you know, we have to run a ton of tests, that kind of stuff. So kind of got that shot down kind of quick. Yeah. I think most people too would be sort of fascinated over how quickly you returned to baseball. Uh, you know, you were playing fall ball. This happened in late July at the Kiso yep. St. Games, and we all know that fall ball starts late August, early September. You were playing fall ball uh, eight, what, eight weeks or eight, nine weeks after this happened, right? I was, yeah. I think, yeah, I think roughly about seven, eight weeks afterwards, I was back, back catching again, too. It's not like I went back and was like, a, you know, DHing or playing first base or something like that. I was back, yeah, back catching again and, and kind of going full work as, like you said too, with the Keystone State games and, you know, being a lot of, you know, college coaches and stuff like that, I was still at the point where I hadn't signed with a college yet. I was like, man, I gotta, you know, I gotta try and get back out here and, and make sure I gotta <laughs> get some looks right. and get, get signed by somebody here. What, um, what did your parents think about the, uh, the swift return to the field? Terrifying, but especially, I, I'll tell you, my, my dad was a little better about it, but my mother was, uh, she was a nervous wreck. So I was, I was an only, I am, I'm an only child. Um, so when they saw that happen, it was like, I, obviously for them, it was just a, an absolute nightmare. Um, but she finally, I, I actually don't know if she actually went to my, if I remember correctly, she didn't go to my first game back. Um, yeah. she, she stayed home for that one, but after we made it through that one, all right, then she, she got back. But it was definitely a nightmare situation for them to, to, to relive that, see me back behind the plate again. I'll bet. 
let me get this straight. Are you are a Buffalo Bills fan too? Is is that is that correct? That that is correct. Yeah. So even more of a uh, crazy coincidence. Yeah. So I, uh, my wife, me, um, her whole side of the family, um, they're actually from up northern Pennsylvania, about an hour hour south of Buffalo. Uh, so yeah, we're we're huge Buffalo fans. We try to get to at least you know one game up in Buffalo a year. Um, but yeah, so that was another yeah another another scenario too. Well, you might, might have to cut this interview short because I'm a Patriots fan, so uh, might, oh, uh, might just see the screen go black there for. <laughs> but uh, no, um, obviously, kind of with this situation though, um, and with with Demar's um, kind of what happened, did it did it bring back any sort of any sort of memory? Like, what was your reaction beyond that stuff? Was it was it emotional for you to see it at all, or, or have you kind of processed? Kind of that it's happened. I, I imagine that living after something like this, you kind of kind of have had a lot of time to process what happened. But for people on the outside, it's probably you know it seems like something that could be kind of scarring. Yeah, for sure. It's it's definitely it definitely brought back some memories for sure. And actually, what what kind of did you know as soon as that happened to Demar Hamlin, you know, I started to get texts and like calls and people being like like holy crap, you know, is this the same thing that happened to you? Like what? So that seeing all that stuff come in was that that's even what kind of more sparked it to be like, you know, really what's, what's kind of happening here. But yeah, whenever you hear them on the broadcast talking about, you know, they're performing CPR and stuff like that, it, it definitely, uh, definitely gives you some flashbacks on, you know, how crazy, how crazy of a situation actually is. And, you know, that, that can actually happen to a, you know, 24 year old kid who's, you know, at, <laughs> one of the best athletes in the world and it can happen to somebody like that. So it's, it's crazy. With kind of your post after it happened, did I assume did you kind of have to keep seeing cardiologists and things like that? Um, is is it something that you kind of still have to maintain and check up on to this day? So, so actually, I don't I don't even have to check up on it anymore. I I did for um I'd say about the first year um after it happened, I had regular checkups and you know kind of the I think they called them stress tests like kind of like put your heart a little more a little bit more stress to make sure it can handle it that kind of thing but after no really after after that first year um it was basically just you know hey you're totally back to normal again and really there's no side effects or no you know no increased risk of it happening again so no after a year that was about it did you ever sort of pinch yourself just to how lucky everything the way it happened. I mean, I, I, I just, the more I was I, I reading this and read DeMar's story and, and, and how he's progressing and things like that, you know, two things stood out to me. I read a recent article that said, essentially every minute that you wait to get shocked in that situation, it increases your likelihood of death by 10%. So you figure, you mentioned the nine minute mark for DeMar and you were out four and a half minutes and, you know, essentially 10 minutes, you know, that's a real possibility. Um, but you mentioned something to me earlier too, about um, how this happens and you didn't even know, like you didn't think it would happen beyond kids who are maybe 14, 15 years old. Cause I know they mentioned, they always mention in stories that this does happen. A, not a lot. It only happens 30. They only have like around 30 of these a year mm-hmm. in, in the States, according to this story, this article. Um, but a lot of it is little leaguers, like yeah. guys who are playing and have this sort of happen because I guess they're, you mentioned to me that maybe their ribs aren't fully developed and that the, the actual velocity can, can actually do more damage to growing 
uh, individuals. Um, can you can you talk a little bit more on that on what they what you you had believed? Yes. Yeah, so, so what I was told originally from the doctors. So when it happened to me and I um, when I first kind of came to and they started talking to me about it a little bit, um, really they were like, yeah, you know, we see you know almost a hundred percent of these cases happen in. Yeah, they said it happens basically in um, kids under the age of 18 um, just because their ribs aren't fully developed enough and there's still some give in the ribs. So, um, you know, it's flexible enough where it can actually hit the rib, bend a little bit and then hit the heart. Whereas if they're older, you know, if you took a hit that severe, you know, maybe just crack a rib or something like that. Um, So that's originally what I the understanding that I had. That's why it was a little crazy to see it happen to happen to DeMar like that. but another thing that was also kind of crazy too is even like the a lot of the doctors like when I first came came to in the hospital a lot of them said I was the first one that they had seen you know survive something like that just because like I said back back when I was in high school and stuff like that a lot of the AEDs they really didn't have it a lot of the sporting events and that's really the only way um, to save somebody from this happening you can't you know just regular CPR like that doesn't work you have to have an AED so um, but yeah just crazy crazy scenarios. Yeah, essentially the AED shocks your heart into the norm and back into a northern northern yeah, normal rhythm. Yeah. Is what people think. Well, it's shocking your heart on. No, it's getting it back to that normal, uh, normal stage for, for each individual because I guess the the when it gets out of whack, uh, oxygen to your brain is depleted basically. It doesn't flow. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. So and a lot of times when this happens, what'll happen is when the commotion of quarters starts, your heart will actually start beating so fat, it'll be, you know, 300, 400 beats a minute where when it beats that fast, it doesn't even pump blood to your, to the, to the body. It doesn't, you know, you don't get any oxygen, anything like that. So yeah, you have to, if you don't have an AED, there's no way to shock it back into a normal, a normal rhythm. Somewhere down the road, would you want full to recognize what happened or to, to basically remember fully what happened? Does that, is that, is that something that we, if you, if, if you could, and I'm not sure you ever will, and I don't know, but uh, if you could, if somebody said, "Okay, yeah, you can remember everything that happened," would you would you want to to know that? Um, you know, I don't know if necessarily the actual incident itself. I I would probably say no, um, just because kind of the point I'm at now. It's like you know, I, I I've gained enough information about it to kind of right. understand. Like if I you know if I could have a you know crystal ball and see like a video replay of it or something like that, I, I'd probably not watch it. Um, just because of what I've been told from even the, even the doctor. So actually the one doctor, David Berkson, um, you know, I'm still connected with him and you mean him chat every once in a while. We used to get together like once a year um, just to kind of, you know, meet up because he was actually one of the ones who, who saved my life. So, um, and he even, you know, even listened to some of the stuff he told me back in the days, like, you know, it's just a, cause when I was out, I mean, you guess he, he walked up on me, you know, blue face, you know, blue lips out, not getting any air. So, Pretty terrifying scene, so I'll, I'll probably pass on on seeing the <laughs> or trying to or remembering any of it. Yeah, I would pass too, man. I, I I'm glad I was covering something else that day. I just, I, I I love baseball, man. You know, I used to cover the Keystone State games all the time, but I'm glad I wasn't at that one because that that would have scared the hell out of me, man. Absolutely, Kyle. I want to thank you so much, man, for uh, for giving us uh, a, a little bit of your time here. Um, obviously, the Demar Hamlin story has touched. Um, everybody who, who not only loves the game, but loves great stories and perseverance and courage. You certainly, uh, went through the same ordeal, uh, years ago. Um, you're doing fantastic now and, uh, 
we were, I'm very happy we could, could track you down. I didn't know you were so close. I didn't know, you know, where, where you were, but, uh, the network, the network found you, buddy. <laughs> no, I, no, I appreciate, I appreciate you guys having me on too. It's been, like I said earlier, it's, it's, it's crazy thing. It happened, you know, this many years ago already, but it's always good to, you know, remind people of how, how crazy some of this stuff can be and to, to make sure that, you know, every sporting event has this stuff ready to go in case of, um, you know, these worst case scenarios. Yeah. Uh, you'll get, you'll get older and forgetful. Cause when I, my, my <laughs> first thought, my first thought when I saw this was, Oh, it was late. It was late 1990s. You get too old. That's, I apologize. We're not going to we're not going to let you off the podcast without um asking you. Yeah. You're a Bills fan. What's the prediction next week? Are they, are, are they ending the drought this year? Do you think? I mean, you got to be a little concerned with how they looked on uh, on uh, Sunday. Definitely, yeah, definitely. So, and and having uh, having the Bengals next week now, you know, it's kind of selfish me. I was kind of hoping the Ravens pulled that off so we can yeah. get. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd rather be facing the Jaguars than the Bengals, but um, I don't know. You know, I, I feel a little bit better with how with how bad the Bengals looked. Um, I, you know, Joe Burrow and that, you know, how many weapons they have on on offense always scares me a little bit. But um, we'll see. It's it's the the rematch. I guess I wonder if I'm hoping Demar Hamlin will be at the game. That'll be, be bring back some flashbacks. I'm sure for him being a, playing the Bengals again. Yeah, yeah. That'll, I think that will definitely be the game of the week, but. Uh... We really appreciate your time, Kyle. It was great chatting with you about this stuff. And like you said, super important and uh, um, glad we can help shed a light. Absolutely. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, yeah, let me know anything else going on in the Central PA area. <laughs> Will do, buddy. Will do. The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash central PA sports med to learn more.